The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. With Daikon. Use less energy to heat your home this winter. D-A-I-K-I-N dot I-E. Your energy, your choice. On News Talk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan. Coming up today... We'll be chatting with the founders of Within the Village, which is a restoration project based in the west of Ireland. Irish gardener Peter Dowdell is back with us with tips on how to keep the gardener in your life happy this Christmas. We'll take a look at some interior and home-related books to put on your Christmas wish list. And Jennifer Sheehan on decorating small spaces, and she should know. If you'd like to get involved in this week's show, well, of course, feel free to contact us by email at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. Uh, and uh, you can find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100 if you miss any of the items or you want to listen back to any of our shows. They are, of course, all up on the Newstalk podcast, which is on the Newstalk app powered by Go Loud. Now, how are we all doing? Five minutes after the Halloween decor came down, it seemed the Christmas ones have to go up. Well, not in my house. If I uh, get Christmas week without a decoration or a tree up, I'll be delighted. But the chances are my other half will come home with a massive spruce any day now and stick it up in the living room. Uh, Now, Jennifer Sheehan, on the other hand, uh, who lives in a perfect, tiny prize winning home, uh, I'd say she's probably already uh, full on Christmas spirit there. And she'll be here later on uh, to let us in on her very, very stylish and small decor for Christmas. So let me know, have you got your tree up yet? When did you put it up? When will you take it down? And uh, have you all the bling on the go? Uh, Text us 53106 or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you're very welcome along. My first guests have created an unforgettable experience in Connemara. Within the village in Roundstone is a restoration project that has turned five old townhouses into stunning self-catering holiday homes. Joining me now are Lorna Main and Maria Murphy, the co-founders of Within the Village. Uh, ladies, you are both very welcome to the home show. Now, tell us a little bit, Maria, about the 100-year-old townhouse that was converted for this. First of all, how did you find it? And then what did you decide to do with it? Well, we had a cancelled COVID holiday, Lorna, her sister Catherine and myself for significant birthdays. And we were staying out in Ballinahinch Castle, which is our favourite place Mm. out in Connemara. Um, And we were going for a swim, 13 Bay. We were driving through Brownstone and we were talking um, and we kind of jokingly said to Lorna, um, you know, would you not buy someplace nice in Connemara? And, uh, you know, we'll... We'll help you with it. Um, just by coincidence, we drove through Roundstone, which we love. Um, and there was, um, on the left-hand side, a property for sale, which was kind of a big, big building. It was um, a pub and a guest house. And there had been a, a shop there as well. And um, I suppose it had been part of the, the landscape of Roundstone for years. For They were centuries-old houses. Um, that the Conley and Faherty family lived in and read a pub, um, Conley's pub, and lots of, you know, people had great stories and memories of there. Um, and it was for sale. And just really, it was, 
uh, luck was on our side. I suppose it was a fortunate accident, as we like to call it. <laughs> now, <laughs> Serendipity. And you went ahead with it. Lorna, we've all been on holidays where we spotted a perfect property, usually somewhere in the sun and thought, oh, I could do something with that. I'd like it. Few of us go out and buy it. Well, my children, they love, of all the places that they travel to, they love coming to Galway. They love coming to the West. And it just has something special. And we were lucky enough to to buy it and see the sign and, and then ask Keith and we developed it and hopefully it'll it's adding to the, the village and hopefully it'll attract other people to come and maybe open something small there and make it an all-round year place to go, like with the fire and the pub across the road and it's nice and quiet and you can escape. So uh, I've had a look at these converted rooms and they're absolutely beautiful. They're sweets and you've named them all after like Bracken and, you know, local local um, uh, areas and, and things to do. Um, Maria, that, that, that locality is very important to you both um, because you have an emphasis on sustainability, you know, from everything from suppliers to, to even the art that hangs on the wall. I, I love the concept of the Albergo Diffuso, which is like the diffused hotel that were they're, they're in Italy and they they were used to sort of bring life back to towns that were losing a lot of their community mm. um, and visitors. Um, but the idea is that the love is shared amongst the destination. So, for example, one part concentrates on rooms and then you'd go out to eat or you'd go to your local butcher to buy your produce, to, to cook in, in your own place that you're staying. So um, the whole area of slow travel, um, sustainability, ethical, responsible tourism is something that's very close to my heart. Um, so we, we thought that we'd create something unique in the beautiful area that is um, Connemara because there's loads of accommodation in Connemara and beautiful hotels and lots of people have their own private holiday homes. But we thought if we could create something, um, but something based on, you know, Lorna and my favourite bits of where we travel, because I, I travel a lot as well, um, and picking up all the nice ideas and blend it all into one in in a village like this, which hopefully will bring, you know, it, it's very busy in the summertime, but it's, mm. it's quiet um, in the winter months. But personally, as a West of Ireland person, I love Connemara when there's not loads of tourists. And um, that and that then, idea of involving um, that that immersion in the local area. I mean, that social consciousness now is becoming a big thing with holidaymakers, isn't it? It's absolutely, and you know, even last week I was reading and it's, it's um, quiet luxury is what people are looking for now. But there are amazing craft people. There is amazing artists. There's amazing traditions out in Connemara, and to keep those alive. So down the road, Seamus. Laffin has beautiful um, pottery studio, so we, we would have purchased all of his, you know, for our kitchen, we'd have all of the, the ware from there. We've had um, lots of local um, collaborations with artists on so on our walls and in our suites. We'd have Joe Hogan baskets, Dorothy Cross art. But we've even gone further in terms of the coffee that we provide. We source from Calendar Coffee that roasts their beans nearby, you know, because we're out. We try and keep everything as much mm. within the region and where we've had to go further. For example, down in Kenmare, there's a great um, business, Inish Living, and they bring in Tencel um, bed linen, which is made from wood pulp, and it's 
it's it comes in from northern Portugal, um, and you know we, we've we've put all that into all the little elements in our suites. We use burn perfumery toiletries because again they're very much mindful of the environment. Mm. No single-use plastic, refillable containers. Um, yeah, so there's a story I suppose around every single little thing within the within the suite. And I, and suppo- I think the guests are loving that. And I suppose, Lorna, then what that means is that it gives maybe people something that they can go and visit when they're in staying in um, the place because they can say, I'd like to see where that soap is made. I'd like to see where those bed sheets are made and maybe uh, involve and, and spend with your suppliers. Is, is that part of it? On, on our website, we have um, a piece on all of our suppliers and you're directed straight. If you like the pieces, you're directed straight to their website. So if you want to purchase any of the um, anything that we have in the suite or anything that you like, you can go directly to them and from their website. Wonderful. All right. Well, yeah. the website is withinthevillage.ie. They're also on Instagram, Within the Village. And Lorna Main and Maria Murphy, thank you so much for joining us on The Home Show. Thanks, Ned. Now, the Irish gardener and gardening columnist with the Irish Examiner, Peter Dowdell, is back with us with his tips on looking after your garden in December and maybe a little bit about what you might buy the gardener in your life for Christmas. Welcome back to the Home Show, Peter. Thank you, Sinead. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, the season has <laughs> definitively turned uh, and only, I think, the very ardent gardener wants to spend time outdoors with their hands stuck in the soil. But it is an important time of year for the garden, isn't it? I can think of nothing that I would prefer to be doing at this time of the year than than, than there you go. There. There you Apart that... from talking to yourself, of course, I, <laughs> I, I would love nothing more than have my be knee deep in soil and compost okay. and working away. Yeah. Well, that's why you do your job, Peter, and I firmly stay in my nice warm studio. Yeah, but it is an important time because, like in the garden, you're always thinking a season ahead. Uh, so now is the time to get a lot of the kind of work done, and you know. I, I love this time too because any jobs and any tasks that you get done in the garden, they stay done. If you know what I mean, Sinead. Whereas mm. during the summer, during the summer, you, you might weed a bed, but next week it looks like it needs to be done again. But in the winter, anything you don't do, it, it stays done for a few months. But it's it's also an important time for the other garden visitors and garden residents. The, the gardens are there really just as a place for us to enjoy and to maybe relax in and, and play. But it plays home, as we all know, to a to, to myriad wildlife to to hundreds of species, thousands of species uh, of of insect life, beneficial bacteria, fungi, all this kind of thing. But particularly during this, this season, it's the birds and maybe some of the smaller mammals that we need to keep an eye out for and mm-hmm. we need to provide for. And we can do that by using buried plants and just the right type of planting. You'd be amazed at, at by leaving nature to itself, if you like, Sinead, you'd be amazed at how it all works. And all we need to do, I suppose, is be cognizant of that and, and just try and ensure that we use the right plants in our gardens. Okay. Now, what jobs can we be getting on with at this time of year? Is is it too soon to be cutting back? We we kind of spoke the last time you were on about the late spurt because of the funny weather, uh, that some of the plants have, have kind of come out with a, another flowering that was unintentional. Uh, it, should we be cutting back or wait until maybe later on in the season? I'd be slow enough to cut back most things at this time of the year, mm. just because we are heading into, you know, this is where the, the temperatures would drop mm. to its, their lowest over the next month or two. The only things that I would look at pruning back now would be things like my fruit trees, apples and things. Now, on the other hand, not cherries or plums because they need to be done later in the year, but certainly my apple trees and things like that. 
you could give your, your you know, your beech hedges and your deciduous plants, um, which are gone to sleep now for the winter, if you like, you could give them a bit of a haircut and a bit of a trim. But I would really probably be erring on the side of, apart from my apple trees, I would be waiting till kind of late winter, early spring before I'd start cutting back most other things. Um, apart from anything else, you might be removing a lot of the spring flowers which mm. could already be on the shrubs. Mm. But what you could be doing certainly is planting bulbs and things looking forward to next season. So if you haven't got your daffodils or tulips or any of them in, uh, because it was so, as you said, when the last time we were talking, we were talking about the unseasonably mild and wet weather. Yeah. But now now it's the temperatures are dropping and it's really only now is the right time to be planting the bulbs because you want to drop in temperatures before you get them in. So uh, if you haven't got your tulips, daffodils, hyacinths, muscari, all these kind of plants in the ground yet, well, now is a great time to, to go get them. And of course, you'll get them right. at bargain prices too now everywhere. Of course. And um, so we can plant those bulbs now in the knowledge that they'll be tucked safe underneath until they sprout in the springtime and they're not going to get bitten by frost. Uh, and do we feed them, Peter, uh, or, or leave them be just to, to take root? Leave them completely to to to, to nature, Sinead. I, I I kind of re- like re- refer to it like you're plugging them into the energy, if you like. You're just putting them into the soil, and then this, the, the the magic that's in the soil and, and the bulb come together, and that's what produces the lovely flowers. We don't need to feed them. We don't need to mollycoddle them. We don't need to be worried about frost. Mm. We just need to, as I say, plug them into that energy, put them in the soil, uh, and let them off and off they come. And they really are. I mean, the, the bulbs are brilliant because they're mm-hmm. foolproof. They're they're a bit of backbreaking work when you're doing them, you know, at planting them. But then you you do them, you forget about them, and then next spring up they come, and it just lifts yeah. the spirits when you see them in full bloom. Well, I had uh, had to take up my all my tomato plants uh, in the last couple of weeks, obviously because uh, they've done their well. They didn't do a great job this year, I'll be honest with you. But but up. They had to come and I decided I had a patch then that needed a little bit of colour. I'm afraid I can't wait till spring, Peter. I'm, mm. an, I'm an urgent gardener. So I went out and I got some of those uh, lovely purple heathers. You know, those kind of um, winter plants that you can get. And, and I planted them down. I don't even know if they're called heather. I'm sure they have a posh uh, Latin name. But they're absolutely gorgeous. And they just provide that instant burst that I like to see when I look out the window. Was I wrong to do that? Far from it, Sinead. Far from it. You're the kind of person the garden centres love because you, you, can't <laughs> yeah. you need it today, you need it today. And that's great too. And that's grand too. And I know Heathers will do me there. There is lots of posture in Latin names, but Heathers, everybody knows what a Heather is. But yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's a good example actually of the plant that does give great colour because Heathers are very, very important for any winter pollinators. So some bumblebees will still be out and some queens. Okay. And heathers are very, very beneficial to them. Whereas a lot of the other plants, so you did the right thing, Sinead, you can clap yourself on the back <laughs> because a lot of the other things that we might plant during the winter, like cyclamens and, and pansies and things like this, they've all been so intensively hybridized, they may as well be artificials to bees. Mm. But heathers, heathers are absolutely fantastic. And Irish-grown heathers so much better because if they've been grown in a, in a nursery in Ireland, they stand so much of a better chance in surviving in an Irish garden. And isn't that the thing? Because sometimes, you know, you, you kind of see plants that are probably better suited to sunnier climes and they've maybe been grown in a greenhouse or in a polytunnel and you put them out in the winter, the garden in, in Ireland. They just keel over with the fright, a bit like ourselves. Now, you mentioned there about bumblebees and wildlife and, and actually it is an important time of the year maybe to look after birds because a lot of the leaves have gone now and and we need to make sure um, that, that we mind them. Is there anything that we can do in the garden um, to, to make sure that they are cared for over the winter months? I suppose the most important thing is is um, 
just to be cognizant of them. So once you're, once you're aware of them there and you're, once you're aware that they do maybe need to be minded and protected, that's the first step. What you can do is by leaving out, uh, by planting rather, uh, trees and shrubs and plants which produce berries, like skimias, mm. holly is a very important one. This is the, these are natural bird feeders. And some of the taller grasses like miscanthus and millinia, these, are, these seed heads, don't cut them back for the winter. And this is what I'm saying about being aware. Mm. So by leaving those seed heads up for the winter, they're feeding the small. You, we might think, oh, come November, we cut them back because they've gone brown. But no, actually, leave them up because those, the seeds that they produce actually feed the birds. Okay. We, don't need, we don't need to run down to the local store and pick up lots of bird feed. Nature will provide it but if we just plant the right things. So buried plants and, and plants that produce seeds that they'll feed yeah. on are vital for them. And I actually came across a, a fantastic tip on um, Instagram of uh, somebody who was saying, actually, if you want to feed your birds over winter, you know, if you're frying something in a frying pan, you're left with all that grease and we're not supposed to put that down the sink, is to roll some oats in it and put them into little oat balls and throw them out in the garden and the birds love those. So that that's a nice thing to do. Uh, now, Peter, it is the time of year, of course, where we're looking at gifts, whether it's for ourselves to put on Santa's list or uh, to buy other people. Um, now, when we are looking at uh, Christmas gifts, I think a plant is a fantastic idea to bring to somebody's house on Christmas Day or to gift them uh, during the year. So Christmas, of course, what we're thinking of first, I think of, is the poncetia. So so talk to me about Christmas gifts that you can give, which are which are uh, living things. Well, yeah, well, the poncetia, as you say, Sinead, I suppose it's probably the most synonymous plant with Christmas uh, or, or the plant most associated with Christmas. And they're tricky. They're tricky to grow. They're actually native to Mexico. They're an outdoor plant in Mexico. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and the lovely red leaves. Of course, they could be depending on which variety you get. They could be marbled pink or white mm. leaves. But but they're not the flowers. They're the bracts which draw the pollinators to the to to the plant. So they pollinate the tiny little white flower in the center. <coughs> Excuse me. That doesn't that doesn't happen in our homes, obviously. But that's the way it happens naturally. But they can be difficult. The most important thing to remember with with poncetias is that they do not like a draft, okay? Even taking them from the garden centre or the supermarket to your car, they need wow. to be protected, Gosh. okay? okay. Now, I, be very careful where you buy them because I, I kind of, I cringe every time I walk into my local supermarket yeah. because I see, I see them on a shelf next to the door. That's right. So you've got the, the refrigerator units, hot air coming out of the refrigerator units behind them, the door opening and closing, the poncettias are wrapped in plastic, you buy them, you bring it home, all the leaves fall off. And it's not going to come back, I'm afraid. So be very careful where you buy them, that it's, they're, they're being stored in a, in a good location. Ideally, a garden centre, because those people there should know what they're talking mm-hmm. about and they mm-hmm. should know how to, to mine them and be able to guide you. But if, if, if the damage is done, in other words, if they've already been hit by a draft, mm-hmm. leave it behind you. Don't, don't get them. Good tip is, like if you're in a garden centre or a supermarket, maybe take it out of the plastic wrapper, see if a few leaves fall off. If they do, leave it behind you, because you won't be able to fix it. So provided you do get a good one, bring it home and keep it somewhere consistent, not near an opening door or an opening window, Sinead, um, somewhere nice and sunny. And then then hope for the best. They do like to be fed with, or watered with tepid water, if you don't mind, not oh, too cold. There's a <laughs> bit of precious cold. fear when we're all busy there on Christmas morning and the Pansetti yeah, are looking yeah. for their love and, love and attention. On, <laughs> on saying that, Sinead, orchids, which people always say to me, oh, they must be very difficult. Yeah. Orchids, which look so, uh, so difficult to grow probably one of the easiest plants ever to grow. You just plunk it in a pot, plunk it into your living room or your kitchen, give it a drop of water. It's not too fussed, whether it's tepid or, or cold. <laughs> uh, once a week-ish, 
Right. And it'll flower away for months for you. Okay, so maybe that's the tip then. Leave the Ponsetti behind and get a, get a nice orchid for somebody, okay? And they'll, they'll think you're looking after them. All right. Peter Dowdell, Irish gardener and uh, gardening columnist with the Irish Examiner. Thanks a million for joining us on The Home Show. A pleasure, Sinead. Now, books are always an essential part of anybody's Christmas stocking. They certainly are mine. And uh, we're always in the mood for lovely books on interiors, architecture or tips for style. So if you're buying for a friend or you want some inspo for Santa's list, I'm delighted to be joined now by Tom Hoban from Debray Books. Welcome to the studio, Tom. Thank you for having me. Now, first of all, tell me the kind of where the coffee table book is at at the moment. The lovely hardback, glossy cover, beautiful paintings. Do people still buy that kind of stuff? They do, they do. Um, and like, there's a beautiful selection of uh, coffee table books out this year. In terms of interiors and home books, uh, there's actually fewer this year than we've seen. But uh, we've we've managed to pull a few uh, this year. Now, some of these are brand new. Some are just a little bit older. But Yeah, uh, but that's OK, because they're kind of timeless if yeah. if you're buying them for style purposes. Now, first up is um, somebody we've had on the show many times, Laura DeBarra. Um, and we she is the gaff goddess. And I have her book at home. I have to say, now, I'm not quite as good at the old DIY as she is, but I do give things a go with her guidance. Uh, she has a book out called Decor Galore. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that lovely cover and I imagine it's very, it very nice. It's, only, it's just come out in paperback as well. Lovely. So um, just easier to haul about the house with you. Yeah. So this was actually, it's one that my fiancé loves. Uh, so uh, Gaff Goddess, as you know, was kind of trying to bring DIY uh, mm. to a wider audience. And um, this one is much, much more uh, concerned with home style and um, a little bit more of uh, the decorating end of things. It's... It's pretty fantastic. Like I, I was flicking through it. Uh, there, there's a lot I learned. Um, so my interior design experience relates basically just to trying to get my in-laws to uh, decorate the house, <laughs> take all the credit for it then when people show up. <laughs> um, but they had recently just bought uh, a new sofa suite and I only found out that it's modular. I had no idea. We were just calling it the corner, you know, the, the corner sofa, <laughs> but a modular right. sofa. Okay. So it probably comes apart and then can be put together in different ways, yep, depending on where your one. telly is yeah. and where your window is. Uh, no, Laura's great because she simplifies things and makes, and, and she does things like on a shoestring and then the kind of the zhuzh option, I yep. think she calls it. And uh, and you can get great ideas there, just if you want to do one room or even a corner of a room. Yep. This is a fantastic is book ideas. for people who I think are very put off by the idea of decorating their home and she's she's very good at kind of um explain you can do it room by room you can do it wall by wall um it's i mean there's there's tips on everything from like hosting to i mean just setting up your bathroom for for a like a, a Christmas party yeah. or, or a summer party. Okay, it's, right. it's, it really is fantastic. Though. Brilliant. Okay, now while we're on that topic then, Home the Way We Live Now by Kate Watson-Smith. Now, talk to me a little bit about this. This is a funny looking book. It is. I, I think it's I think it's just a really, really clever idea. This one's quite new. Um, This one it is... It comes in a binder. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. So it's divided into three binders or three... Uh, Horizontal divisions. sections. Yeah. So each page is split into thirds. Exactly. And each yeah. third comes out on the binder by itself. That's very strange. Why do they do that? Why did she do that? It's now? just because I think you get so many ideas then crammed into such a small um, book and it's just such a clever idea. So, for example, if you were looking for specific ideas on uh, decorating ideas for a particularly small home or an mm. apartment mm. or... Uh, ideas for maybe a rented space that you wouldn't be able to have, you know, do a huge amount of uh, structural work with. You can flip through and 
it's just it gives you one to fives of um, fantastic ideas for whether it's just decorating, whether it's structural changes, whether it's trying to get more light into your living room, whether it's trying to make a kitchen a bit more vibrant and useful space. So you can chop and change between the three different sections and create kind of a look then yeah. from the bottom, the middle and the top. That's and the idea. Oh, They're right. trying to cater okay. to all Very tastes. Um, it really is. It's a fabulous okay. piece of work. That's The way Home, The Way We Live Now by Kate Watson-Smith and that's a lovely hardback edition as well. Uh, now, uh, the next one we have up is All Up In My Space. How to decorate with feeling. Yeah. Right. What do we need to feel when we're... <laughs> this yeah, this one is it's probably my favourite if I'm honest. Oh really? Okay. It's very very accessible, um, and it's less there's less kind of practical advice in it. It's published by Dorling Kindersley, who always put together uh, really, yeah. really gorgeous looking okay. books, um, and it starts off just kind of explaining. You walk into a certain room, and I'm sure everyone has you know favourite rooms from their childhood, whether it was in a grandparent's house or an auntie's house or a friend's house, but. Sometimes walking into a room can make you feel something very, mm. feel very cosy, feel very home, feel very, um, sometimes not always a very positive feeling. But the the writers of this book are just challenging everybody when they're decorating their homes to think about how their own spaces make them feel. And I think if you spend so much time in your own home, it's difficult sometimes to yeah. say, well, how does that room make me feel? Why don't I spend enough time in this particular room. Okay, and it, it actually portions it out into the, pit, the like the retro hunter, the rustic Scandi, yep. the soft and feely bits is yeah. a chapter. Uh, so it really is about kind of the maximalist, the minimalist to, to kind of get that, what, what works for you emotionally. Is that it? That's pretty much, that's exactly what it's about. And I mean, we I think we spend too much time thinking about how our, our Pinterest board and how, how to make it look like exactly. a hotel but instead does, of does your living room make you feel like you want to live in it basically okay alright that's a good one that's uh, all up in my space how to decorate with feeling right now I knew you were going to bring her in I was hoping you wouldn't <laughs> I'm not surprised Mary Kondo makes a reappearance Kurashi at home now yeah. Tom what in the name of all that is holy is Kurashi <sighs> Kurashi are we, are we not done with I, well Kondo look Mary Kondo did um, she not come out and say actually I've, I've Chucked all that in now. I've had a couple of kids and I've realised. You, you can't <laughs> get away from interior design without I talking know, about Mary Kondo. I personally, I, I know she splits hairs and she's a controversial uh, figure. I'm a bookseller and Mary Kondo, I think, has been quoted saying that you should tear out your favourite passages from your favourite books and then just throw the rest <gasps> away. So, I mean... That's Listen, if she's paying for your pension, what do you exactly, care? Exactly, I right. know. So, okay. But that's a level of sacrilege. That, <laughs> but anyway, Karashi is very much uh, kind of the Japanese art of living in a minimalist space and oh, catering. Yeah. And so it's not for everybody. But it's not the cosy, touchy, emotional feely bits then. It's the opposite to that. So if you want your kind of your kind of ultra scanty on speed uh, yeah. Japanese living. Mary so Condon. anybody who did enjoy the Netflix show or the life-changing magic of tidying, this is more Mary and like even the subhead on this how to organise your space and achieve your ideal life yeah. I'm not sure organising my space is achieving my ideal life which is a life of clutter as far as I know um, okay so oh gosh it is very organised can yeah. you can your things breathe did one of your things click the instant you saw it okay so feel the love maybe so yeah I just I'm a big believer that books furnish a room and I'm you know. This is your idealistic coffee table. This is when your room, your house is totally tidy and you want to show off to the guests. Mind you, the photography is stunning in this. It is. It's a very well presented book. And for her devotees, I mean, there are, I know people who swear by her. Um, yeah. Just, they love her. And there's yeah. a load of recipes at the back. 
Yeah, yeah. Cocktails and fermentation and, teas and, and yeah. She's very into meditation um, and all that kind of stuff. All right. Um, brilliant. Okay, well, that's Marie Kondo. She has her fans and they are legion, and I'm not going to um, disabuse them <laughs> no, at that back. No, $24.99 from Dubray. Marie Kondo's Kurashi at Home. Now, while we're on the subject of food and recipes, you've brought in a book now. This is much more up my alley Irish Kitchen Cocktails. <laughs> Irish Kitchen <laughs> Cocktails. This is brand new for this year. And okay. I mean, there are so many cocktail books, and so many of them are. I don't know. They're, you know, you go through the recipes and it's... 47 you, ingredients. I know, yeah, you're not going to do it. You're going to go to the go, pub and order a cocktail, exactly, aren't you? and you need to go right. out and find, is there an off-licence around me that will be able to provide me with cherry brandy? Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> this is very simple, very easy. It's filled. I mean, there's over, there's over 120, I think, cocktails in this and they range from like dessert cocktails to kind of winter warmers to really, really summery ones and Excellent. All the food groups. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And actually it's a lovely, neat little hardback book. You can refer to it again and again and maybe stick your little bookmarks in it uh, to show you. It's very pretty. Yeah. It's written by Usheen Davis. Uh, 60 drinks you can make at home with everyday equipment. Well, I like it already. The Frozen Club Orange Gin Fizz. There we go. Uh, fantastic. Uh, emer- oh, look, he's got a section here on emergency gate crasher cocktails. Yep. <laughs> so they know their audience very, very well, obviously. This is by oh, far brilliant. and away. All right. And there's lovely, lovely uh, descriptions and pictures and all of that. That's Irish Kitchen Cocktails. Fantastic. And we time quickly for another one, the Flavour Thesaurus. Yeah. Um, I just don't think any kitchen in Ireland should be without this book. Oh. It's away. fantastic. Um, Tell so, me. Beautiful colour. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not a cookbook as such. It's just a book about, it's kind of the science of cooking and just talking about flavour combinations. But when you see how big it is, when I say flavour combinations, every flavour you can think of. So it, it, it's a real book for foodies. Um, I mean, everybody knows the combinations that go, you know, wine and cheese and you know, some people say stout and oysters, but, I mean, very few people would put cinnamon on... Um, soft cheese. Uh, very few people would put um, nutmeg with lamb. You know, like all of these things. But these are all tried and tested by um, by Nikki Segnet. So it's, brilliant. It's a brilliant okay, book. fantastic. And there right. is for. I'm, I'm sure people are very very familiar with this book because it's, yeah. it's been kind of a, a foodies staple for a couple of years now. But there is a new one out this year. Okay. Um, so more flavours wonderful and it's a beautiful looking book as well Twenty seven ninety five, and it's endorsed by Heston Blumenthal no less so there you go that's reason to buy uh, Tom Hoban from uh, Dubray Books uh, how are things going with Christmas so far you're flying I suppose we're absolutely yep. flying yep. brilliant yep. thanks a million Tom for coming Thank- in And you're very welcome back uh, to the Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan with you today. Now, not everyone has the space for a giant spruce in their living room. Someone might be sharing a house or you might just have one room to live in, but you don't want to clutter it up with oversized Christmas decorations. But you want to be festive and do it all in miniature. So who better to ask than our own little Christmas elf, tiny homeowner and Home of the Year winner, Jennifer Sheehan. Jennifer, you're very welcome back to studio. Delighted to be here. So, um, yes, you you do have a small space. Yeah. So I am thinking when it comes to decorating and I look, I'm thinking of everybody from people in bedsits to small flats or maybe you're sharing mm. your space with somebody who doesn't celebrate Christmas as, yeah. as a religious festival and you just want to confine all the all the stuff to your own room. Uh, so I'm thinking probably an eight foot spruce is not on your <laughs> shopping list. No, that would take up my entire living room. I mean, literally I'd have to move out. I'd have to take the furniture out. The whole house would be dedicated to the Christmas tree. So no, that's not an option for me. But there are loads of options, which is the good news. I also am feeling 
very festive this year. Like when it comes to Christmas, I like over the top. I never get sick of Mariah. I want the baubles everywhere. I want, you know, I'm not I'm not here to give anyone minimalist, classy, elegant. Well, that's not why Christmas we have advice. you on. We have you on for the bling. <laughs> and that's what I'm here for. And you can still get loads of bling even if you don't have loads of space. So the Christmas tree obviously is the first one. And I, I've never had in my little tiny little mini house, I've never had a full blown Christmas tree. But what I do is I put a flat one on the wall. And I think this is so genius for small homes. I saw the idea from Pinterest. I didn't, it wasn't my own. I didn't invent it. But I feel like I might have perfected it. I'm pretty happy with that. Right. Okay. So, so explain it to us then, how it works. Okay, so what I do is I get a long garland and you can get anything you want here. I have a green one that has kind of berries through it. It has battery LEDs built into it already. Oh, right. So it's so kind it's of like ready not to just go. a picture of a tree. No, I got okay. it. I think I got it in the range. No, it's not just a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like one of those Print banner. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you could do this with real kind of pine, bur- you know, boughs or, or spruce or fir boughs or something like that. But you know me in plants, it would be dead, you know, before <laughs> Christmas. So I have a, a fake one. But what I do then is I get those command hooks. So, you know, those ones, they're mm. the damage free hooking or damage free hanging. There's lots of different brands. I always use command because 3M and I just know that. They are. And they're a boon for anybody in rented accommodation because they don't leave a mark uh, and they don't strip off the paint when you take them off if, yes. you're, if you're careful. Now, just be careful. Keep the box. Watch the directions for taking them off and follow them exactly and then you'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. You won't have any things. So I just put them up in a Christmas tree shape and I zigzag my little garland down along the wall <laughs> in a Christmas tree and I think it's the cutest thing ever. It looks great. Absolutely brilliant. And better still, your little your little uh, doggy won't climb up. No. <laughs> he, loves it. he thinks all baubles are tennis balls and yeah, can taste them. So yeah, it, it's okay. good to have it off the ground a bit. Grand. Okay. So, but you could presumably do that with, you know, if you just wanted to string tinsel along that yeah. or just the lights even on their own in a Christmas tree shape if you had all the yeah. time in the world. To That'd that. be gorgeous. And you, know, I know you friends. could do a few yeah. of them. You know, if you have a few walls, you could put a dot of little trees. You could do a little forest of little Christmas trees. All right. Okay, materials. that's the tree done. And actually, there are great options out there because I think I if I had your, you know, if I lived mm. in that space or a very small space, I'd be inclined to get one of those potted Christmas trees. Well, you know. this is another thing because you don't necessarily have to have a huge Christmas tree that's on the floor, that's in the corner. You know, you could you could buy a few dotted around. You could have one on a tabletop. You could have one on kind of a long, thinner one on an accent table or something like yeah. that. You have lots it's of only it's the there. nod to it as much. Exactly. As Actually, yeah. I, I kind of prefer that anyway. But yeah. I'm not going to get away with it this, this year. Uh, okay, so um, then what else do you do now in terms so, of stringing? You don't kind of put the paper chains across the ceiling or anything. Oh like yeah, that. I do. Oh, do yeah, you? Do? Of course you do. Of course yeah. you do. No. God, I oh, why did I ask? Yeah, and any of my friends' kids or anyone who makes a, a you know, a messy hand-printed Rudolph or something, all that is, oh, I love all that. The tackier, the better. The, the other thing I do is, because I really love baubles, but it's kind of hard enough to hang the baubles off your, your flat zigzag Christmas tree. So what I do is, I have a very small, narrow hallway as I'm coming in the front door, uh, leading into kind of my, my living area. So what I do is, I hang all of my baubles from the ceiling of that oh, small area. Right. I'm back to the command hooks again. So the tiny little clear ones, I hang them, I dot them up all over the ceiling. And I have, I got these fabulous baubles a few years ago from April and the Bear in Rathmines. And they're just the, you know, really fun little shapes. I've also seen similar ones in Flying Tiger. They're only a euro or two each and they're really, really cute. And then I hang them from the ceiling and, you know, quite dense, like a, a lot of them. And I think so, it's so cute. spent half a week up a ladder yeah. putting up those, com- okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you hang them on those, that kind of invisible yeah. wire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
you will get a shoulder injury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I've done, if you're not, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're not mad for baubles is I bought a long garland off Amazon and it's just little stars and little, you know, gold circles and stars and sparkly things. And I cut that up and I hung that whole thing up and that's 14 euro for the entire thing start to finish. That's a really high impact, no damage, except to your shoulder and your neck. Uh, great way to hang up your Christmas decoration. And it gives, in your case, a pathway down your hall to your glitter ball in the loo. Exactly. So there you go. Fantastic. Exactly. Right. People can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in terms of then um, the food aspect, now I know you're a big foodie yeah. and what listeners may not know is that Jenny is a fantastic cake maker and decorator. Mm, and otherwise known as a baker. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, actually, <laughs> yes, but it's the, it's the artistic thing I'm talking about. You know, the piping and all the little decorations I and all do, that. I You're brilliant it. at all that. Yeah. So what, what do you do for Christmas now? Well, this is the best thing ever because if you're also a foodie or if you just like eating food, then that's a brilliant Christmas decoration. So I go as soon as possible. I've already done it. I'm going to be honest. I go out to Dunn's or wherever and I buy all those little lint chocolate reindeers and snowmen and Santas and I dot them around because they're brilliant Christmas decorations. They're really pretty. They are actually because they come in the gold foil and the little bell on them and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they're so cute. Dot them around and then you eat them. And then you don't have to store them <laughs> until next Christmas in your well, tiny you are, house. You are storing them. You are, exactly. <laughs> it's interior storage. Carry them with me always. <laughs> yeah. The same thing then if you get a lovely little crap, you know, the little puddings, the Christmas puddings that come in that foil or the panettone. I can never pronounce panettones. Sorry, yeah. Italians listening to yeah. me. Or, you know, even a, a really nice looking advent calendar because you don't have to store that again throughout the year. You so you're using around. your wrapped food as decorative yeah. items. Okay, yeah. that's so Just cool. Just dot it around your shelves, have it on your tables, wherever else it might be, you know, under the tree. We're and all for multitasking on this show, I'll tell you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the same thing goes for other perishables. Right, so it doesn't have to be food. Those pancetta, how do I Yeah, pancettias. We had a, um, Peter Dowdalil in earlier this morning and he was talking about giving gifts and of yeah. course pancetta is top of everybody's list, oh. list because it just looks so beautiful. The yeah. bright red leaves and, and you know, they're cheapest chips really. They're cheapest chips. They're Christmas personified and there is no pressure to keep them alive beyond <laughs> New Year's Eve, which right. is my perfect thing. Yeah. And candles is the last one. Yeah, now the candles... There are some dodgy Christmas smelling candles out there <laughs> because I find that like throughout the year we have our kind of lovely Joe Malone smells going around the house. But when it comes to Christmas, there seems to be this urge to buy cinnamon, <laughs> pine, you oh, know, so and have your house it. kind of smelling like I'm a loo. So here for it. Are you? I love it. Okay. Yeah, I love it. We're not going to agree ever on this item. No. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're you're saying this is the time now to get to go out, Ike, buy all the candles you swore you wouldn't yeah. buy up. Yeah. And have berries and cinnamon and yeah, all and they that don't smell. even have to be scented. Those you know, and get a mix of them. Those long tapered candles and the shorter candles. It's all the stuff that you are going to use over the next few months. Use that as your decorations. Have them out and dotted around, and have loads of them, and then you'll be finished with them at the end. Mm. Okay, and of course, when it comes then to setting the table, or yeah. you know kind of tablescaping they call yeah. it uh, wh- what do you do now if you've only got a very small space maybe a table for two or a table for four yeah I, l- I love this so it's all about napkins first of all because they're easy to store you use them and you know you don't have to keep them throughout the year and then when it's really small so I have a very small I think it's something like 20 something inches across I can't even remember a tiny little dining table it's all about something tall 
in the middle of that and narrow. Not something that's going to block your field of vision. But what you want is maybe a lovely candelabra stick or something like that with a really tall tapered candle coming out of it. And then just a little thing of holly and fir mm. and berries kind of wrapped around the bottom of it. You can always get a Christmas um a Christmas tablecloth, which is really cute, even if it's just a one-off thing. I think that's lovely. Um, and then I love little, uh, you know, things that you can wrap up your your cutlery in. So, you know, when you set the table and you have those little, um, you know, just whatever, twigs, berries, anything yeah. to fur to wrap around your thing. And the last thing I love, and I know this is very 90s of me, is those little medallions that go around your glass. You know, the oh, things I'm a on big your wine stem. Yeah, I and, think they're and actually so they're an aid memoir for me. Yeah, exactly. my age. Because you put down your wine glass, somebody else picks Not up your wine glass. Not a clue where it is. And uh, I, I'd like to know that. So actually, those little doodads, and you can get them in all kinds of places. You can get them in Folkster, I think you can. I'm sure you can probably get them in home store and places like that. Yeah. And they just have the little tinkly bits around it. it it's a bit like the Monopoly set. You know, yeah. you, which is your favourite one. You yeah. know, the dog or the, the house or the whatever uh, and, and buy those. I think actually that's kind of a cute gift. I, so I got give. mine as a gift. Shout out to my friend Catherine. Thank you very much. I thought it was so cute and, and and they're just like, you know, they're like a little bracelet for the stem of your wine glass. And you're right, you pick, do you want to be Santa? Do you want to be Rudolph? And yeah. then that's your glass for the yeah. rest of the year. And, and it's a lovely little thing and it, it, the storage is minimal so yeah. you can pull it out next year. All exactly. right, fantastic. So uh, now we are coming on to the controversial um, end of this segment. I've left it to last because <laughs> I may have to turf you out of studio in a fit of angst. Uh, fairy lights, right? So so, there's no such thing Don't. as too many. <laughs> that wasn't even the question. Right? So the dilemma is, there's no dilemma. Okay. <laughs> Don't don't go wrong here now, Jenny. We, we love having you on the show, right? <laughs> Coloured or more beautifully <laughs> and elegantly, completely plain, slightly off-white dots. I will tell you what I do have, which is a set of coloured disco ball fairy lights. <gasps> Sinead has left. Sinead has left the studio. I'm done. I'm gone. Goodbye. See you in 2024. <laughs> I So I wholly understand the appeal of the beautiful, uniform, warm, twinkly fairy lights. And as long as there is no twinkling, of them. No twinkling. Oh, come on. <laughs> no twinkling. No, they have to twinkle. Not, I'm not talking about flashing, right? Okay. I'm not talking about strobe lights that keep okay. you up and your neighbours driving you mad. I mean, the, the little the little gentle fade in, fade out. Okay, add a push. Right, okay. Very we're, sweet. We're trying to find a middle ground I here. see the appeal of it. Once again, though, I'm not here for the glassy Christmas. I am here for the tack. I am here for the colour. I am here for the tinsel. I'm here for the paper garlands. And I'm here for the coloured fairy lights. And it's just reserved for the tree. Anywhere. <laughs> okay, I knew you were going to say that. I think they're so nice. I just think they're fun. Like, I, I just, I, I, I find it very hard to go overboard for Christmas. I think if you're going to pick pick a lane and just go fully into it. All right. Okay. Well, listen, do you know what? I'd say your house is phenomenal fun. That's <laughs> a Christmas. And you'll always get fed. Cake. So, a lot of listen, cake. Jenny Sheen, thank you so much uh, for coming in with us. When, when will you put up the decorations oh, and when do they come down? Oh, they're up. Oh, they're holy good. Do you know what? I'm early this year. I'm not normally right. this early. Normally, okay. I'm, I'm because my birthday is in November. So I quite like to keep the month as my okay. own personal celebration, <laughs> if I do say so myself. So it's usually the first weekend of December and the toy yeah. show is when I put it up. But I was just feeling very festive this year, so oh, I put right. them up last weekend. Okay, yeah. right. Well, let us know if you've put yours up, folks, and uh, whether it's the the flashing baubles and, what should you say, disco balls? Disco ball, 
dots or the beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> elegant, timeless white dots. You can let us know. Guess which I favour. And that's all we have time for on this episode of the Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so by email at thehomeshow at newstalk.com during the week. We love to hear from all our pod listeners. And of course, you can catch up any episodes of that. They're all up there. Our full greatest hits uh, back catalogue on the Newstalk app or on newstalk.com. Just search for The Home Show with Sinead Ryan and we will see you all next week. Aoife Breen was producing this week. Stephen McLoon was on sound and uh, we're here uh, with the next episode next Saturday. The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. Saturday morning at 8. With Daikin on News Talk.